Monkey the Lego, the podcast platform of the Phenomenalist, by Leopold Lambert. Today, Afrofuturism, Constructing Extraterrestrial Blackness, with Marina Yossi and Steffi Germany. everyone, today I have two guests to start the year 2016. Uh, they are Mawena Yeusi and Stéphane Jomoni, uh, who are both uh, uh, involved uh, with the uh, platform uh, Blacks to the Future. Uh, Mawena is a, is a founder of, uh, of this platform. Uh, and since we're going to talk about Afrofuturism, uh, we can even uh, do uh, interesting uh, biographies by telling uh, by telling you that Mawena will be uh, president of Benin in 2030, and she will be a captain of an intergalactic spacecraft in 2000, uh, 2099. Uh, as for Steffi, she is the editor in chief of the of Blacks to the Future, and she will be uh, the butler of uh, Consamba Principality in 2035. And she intends to retire on Jupiter in 2100. Uh, so, hello to both of you. <laughs> hi. Uh, hi. Uh, so today, um, to, to give a little bit uh, of context, uh, we are recording this conversation after I was very happy to hear you on the French radio, uh, a little uh, broadcast that you did about your work in French. So now we're... We, we won't do the literal translation of it in English, but I think it, it'd be interesting to, to have a somehow a similar conversation uh, around, around the work you've been, uh, you've been doing with uh, Blacks to the Future. Um, could, you maybe, could we maybe just start the conversation with uh, you uh, telling us a little bit about how this came along? I think it's a fairly recent uh, yeah, project. Is. Indeed. So, please. Um, so... Uh, so as the founder Marina. yeah it's Marina <laughs> talking so as the founder of Black Studio Future I started working on it uh, I'd say one year now yeah it has been one year um, the idea came out um, because I was doing visual proposals and finally I realized that I never got to see properly um Afro-related uh, visual identities outside uh, in my surroundings, in my regular inspiration, uh, in among my friends, and so on. There were a lot of different stuff and with different lifestyles and backgrounds, but it would always go from Asia to Europe to the United States and never come from Africa in some way. So I was really curious at the very beginning, just to see, hear, and listen and watch what would Afro-related people have to say about the world, about contemporary world, about new technologies, um, new ideas, and which would be their new proposals on all this stuff. So basically, yeah, it was curiosity that really drove the project. Um, then we started working with uh, Hélène um, and my dad, Patrick, on how we could make these evolve. And also, I have a background in philosophy, 
so I was really interested as well in uh, reading really like deep thought more than just uh, hashtags or tweets or whatever on these subjects. And then thanks to Hélène, we met <laughs> Steffi and she joined the, the adventure and I'm going to let her say why she came with us. <laughs> Um, yeah, I um, met um, I met uh, Mawana in May 2015, and I knew Ellen from a former project um, five years ago, something like that. I used to work with Ellen on a cultural project, and um, I had uh, this Tumblr called um, Africanism. Um, I'm very very. Uh, um, interested in um, giving a voice and uh, giving um, African people, Africa, Afro-related or Afro-descendant uh, a voice. I want them to be seen and to be heard. So I was like, I, at the time I was really interested in fashion and um, music, things like that. So my blog was about that, uh, about showing Afro-American people, African people, uh, Afro-Caribbean people. And then I met Mawena. Ellen told me about her project, uh, their project. So I met Mawena and uh, we got along very well. So here we are. there is a, a sentence I found on Blacks to the Future that could um, that could very much be the title of this uh, of this conversation that is from uh, Dada Henry. Uh, she says, "Aliens, graffiti, superheroes, time travel, and dot dot dot, Erika Badu." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, Afrofuturism is going to be the the topic of this conversation. Um, I'm. I have to say I'm very happy to talk about um, about this sort of um, uh, let's say this uh, approach to uh, science fiction work, for example. I mean that's something we've been talking a little bit about with uh, Sofia Azeb about a, a conversation about Palestine in the past on on Archipelago, but it's also um, something that in the past I've been uh, writing about on the Phenomenalist. Yet it was a very uh, Europeanocentric uh, uh, interpretation of science fiction, and I always thought that it was. A, I mean, retrospectively, I thought that it was really a, a pity, a pity to to have such a narrow-minded uh, approach to science fiction. So today we get to open up uh, uh, the the topic in a, in a in a very interesting way and. Um, and get to see how science fiction can be uh, incredibly uh, politi- politically involved as well. Um, so maybe we can start by talking a little bit about uh, Afrofuturism itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we can we can say that we we just celebrated the twentieth anniversary of the of the of the word itself. But yeah. we're, we might you you might be actually more uh, incarnating the second wave of Afrofuturism. So uh, if if it makes any sense, but could, could you tell us a little bit about how this came about? Um, so way? you want to know what is Afrofuturism in some way? Sure. Right. Um, so 
And where does it where does it come from? For no. starters, yeah. because that's the point with uh, the quote you you proposed. Afrofuturism, first of all, and this is really the thing you should remember. Afrofuturism brings up a lot of diverse and different things, proposals. But what they do all have in common is this kind of belief and strength in the future. And there is a quote, a song made by Mark Randall, and he says that an Afrofuturist is someone who may have suffered by the past, but is still confident in the future. And I would say that for once, that would be my short definition of mm-hmm. Afrofuturism. Great. You found it. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually you found it. I did, right? <laughs> Because usually I could speak and try to define it for like quite a lot mm-hmm. of time. But okay, historically, Afrofuturism still comes from um, like the term Afrofuturism was quoted, was uh, coined by uh, Mark Derry in 1995 in an essay. Uh, it was more a conversational essay uh, between him and uh, Samuel Delany, Octavia Butler, and all these um, sci-fi writers, American, black American sci-fi writers. And it wasn't a definition. It was more like he was asking something. He was wondering if the fact that these new voices, these black new voices, raising and talking about the future, embracing it, embracing a new narrative and so on, could or could maybe be called Afrofuturism. And what's interesting is that finally, when you get, uh, when you want to know a little bit more about Afrofuturism, one first uh, character you meet isn't Derry at all, isn't Octavio Butler, isn't Samuel Delany, it's Sanha. And Sanha was there way before them. And Sarah just incarnated uh, or embodies the real spirit of Afrofuturism. By doing what? By being himself. By, for once, in a, ten, uh, in a time which was really, really harsh for Black American people, He stood up and said, okay, I'm going to give you my music, but also change my narrative, change your rules. I'm going to become an icon in some way. I'm going to become immortal. I'm going to show you that, indeed, I do not belong to this place. I do not belong to this place, which is just about, um, yeah, um, despite and, uh, I don't know, hate and so on. I will just show you that I'm from somewhere else. And this somewhere else for him was a non-terrestrial planet. But it was more, or at least it was also a way to say he didn't want to um, give up on thinking that there would be other proposals, other systems in which people could really be like all the same in some way and could really self-empower themselves and not be constrained by a one and only vision of the world in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the, the example of Sunrise is very, very interesting because, yes, indeed, he was there and he was an Afrofuturist even before. 
uh, people uh, started talking about Afrofuturism. But um, I would love to come back to uh, Daja and Ray's quote because there's Sanra, there's Erika Badu, there are lots of black American sci-fi writers, um, there are musicians, there are thinkers, there are um, uh, intellectuals, visual um, artists. Yeah, there are many, many people embracing Afrofuturism because as Moena uh, told it, um, it's really um, about embracing who you are and who you are destined to, to be, actually. You can suffer from things in your past, but you, you, take, um, you, you take those things and you transform the suf this suffering into something more positive something that can be for most of them ex extraterrestrial but in in fact this this way of uh, extracting um, oneself from um, um, a human uh, way of life it's just giving people more hope more power um, more confidence confidence more importance their real uh, identity, I think. Mm -hmm. um, um, I mean, it's it's a sort of a very almost cliche uh, approach to science fiction, but um, uh, ov obviously, when we when we look at uh, at this kind of work, we're we're looking uh, at a form of future. Yet we realize that it's a sort of look. It's a it's a sort of a look at the at the present or all the mm -hmm. past. I mean, uh, you you using the you using in one of your article um, an image from District Nine uh, yeah. and a sort of uh, a ref a reflection in South Africa about the apartheid through the image of the of the alien oh. alien, um, which uh, which uh, was uh, some quite interesting. Uh, and so, so there is this entire sort of critical uh, aspect to, to, to this work. But I think it's, uh, from what I understand, it's very important for you as well to, to, see, to see it as a, as a sort of a constructivist uh, 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 methods for, for actions, isn't, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Because there is also something, and that's why I quote Matt, Matt Randall and this idea of optimistic still being optimistic it means doing things and not only and just it is so important to be able to criticize but the next step and which really matters is to change the thing it's to change the world or at least try and do it and not only speak about it but yeah i really think that that's also what's interesting about afrofuturism it's both a history of people acting and a history of a whole uh, community acting. And it's not only like this community is really the sum of all its different parts of all its distinctive uh, approaches. And it's just this idea that if people decide to embrace and propose and change things, then this world would maybe 
evolve in a better way. And yeah, it's really important to act. And I think that it's the spirit of like what's hidden between behind. It's not hidden actually, but what's behind Afrofuturism is it's a call for action. In some way, yeah, mm. I really think so. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I, I understand what Mawena says about uh, Afrofuturism um, being a call of action, being um, a structural way to um, get out of yourself and do something with yourself, actually. Not being a, um, um, a viewer of your own life. You're becoming an actor or an actress of your own life. If um, things um, in your life don't um, seem um, quite normal or uh, fair to you, you can just raise up your voice and tell that it doesn't matter what the system has to, um, has to say or has to has to how would i say it you don't you don't have to enter the system you can create your own system and uh, have other people thinking the same way or experiencing the same things you are experiencing and you can gather around uh, this way of being um othered yeah and um and create your own system. I think Afrofuturism is a new structure. It's a new way of thinking and a new way of acting. It's a, a different way, an alternative way of being. Yeah, I would even add that to me, Afrofuturism is the genuine true counterpower to all we've been living since maybe the time is the time or whatever. Because, and this is an idea I stole in some way from Ashid Bembe in his article called Afrofuturism, and it's in French, sorry, Le Devenir Negre du Monde. It's the fact that the world is becoming a nigger in some way. Uh, because what he says is that um, if you look at our modern history, uh, black people have always embodied the other so it doesn't mean that they have a model only on themselves, but they have been the people who are not part of the main system. And the fact that today people are becoming more and more aware of their own differences, and I'm talking about genders, I'm talking about races, I'm talking about every single thing. Well, it seems that in some way, black people would have this experience of not being within the system, of proposing other things, of being able at least to imagine things differently. And that's what's interesting, and that's also why Afrofuturism is not only um, something that should concern uh, black people, it's something that, for me, can really echo everyone in yeah. every proposal. It's really an idea of, yeah, this alterity, this otherness, this otherworldliness, it's all the same idea. And that's why I think Afrofuturism is so important. And I also like the idea of MIA and the third world generation. 
And for me, all of these, they really participate to the same, same new idea of changing things and gathering by being like there are forces are that we are different so we have to bring different uh within the world we know i think that's really something that's interesting this almost actually answers the next question i wanted to ask you um which relates to another uh, archipelago conversation i've been having in the past with uh, alexander Weheli, we were talking about how um, there is an entire uh, scholarship right now around, uh, uh, or several scholarships around uh, transhumanism. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about how we are already talking about transhumanism when we still have, uh, uh, let's say, the, the entire African diaspora, uh, so to speak, who never fully accessed the status of hum human to mm -hmm. begin with. So we are already thinking of some something beyond and it, it was quite quite interesting conversation and uh and i mean we're t we're talking in a in the context of france where uh, uh six years ago the uh, the president of france namely uh, nicolas sarkozy managed to go to the former colony that is uh, that is senegal and do yeah. a speech there to say that the The, the African man never entered history yet, <laughs> uh, and uh, and I think this is, this was quite symptomatic. I mean, the fact that he thought there was no problem about saying that is quite symptomatic of uh, French society uh, towards uh, towards this kind of issue and uh, and problems of universalism and everything. I mean, we can talk about that later if we want, but um, but so the, the the sort of inherent question to this problem is whether we should therefore concentrate efforts on um, on accessing uh, this status of, of human before we even start to talk about transhumanism or if we should altogether skip that part and 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 therefore creates uh, creates another form of post-human or however we want to call it and I, From what you're saying, it seems to be more the second proposition. Yeah, the second proposition <laughs> in terms of Afrofuturism, right? Yeah, yeah, Speaking. because um, uh, Sunra used to say that he wasn't even, he didn't even want to be a human. It was mm. like, humanity doesn't deserve me. It doesn't deserve me. Um, it, it's it's not interesting. Um, um, humans are did things. At, at, at the time he was talking about uh, he was talking about the white system in America actually so he wasn't talking about the whole humanity but if you if you bring together what white people in America did to um, black people for instance it was like okay I don't like this kind of humanity I don't like those interactions I think there are many many other things that we can do as a whole as people um, if we don't think inside this whole system of being the oppressor and having oppressed people mm -hmm. so I don't think um, it, in general um, you can't you can't stop progress you can't stop the progress so um, afro futurists Afrofuturists um, are, for the majority of them, 
something else. They are humans. Obviously, they are humans. But they want more. They don't want to be um, to be uh, uh, resumed. Or, um, they don't want to be summarized. Sorry, they don't want to be summarized as as uh, something other people have already been. For instance, white people. Mm-hmm. They don't want to have the same lives as white people. They want more. They want other things. They want their own thing. They want to 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 own their 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 own path, their own identities. So if they need to be transhumans, they will be. And if they want to be other thing, another thing, and if they want to create, um, I don't know, uh, meta terrestrial or uh, more than extraterrestrial, if they want to live in the galaxy, maybe they need to 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 find a way to create their own way of being. Mm-hmm. So, yes, the progress will just keep on flowing and Afrofuturists will go further. Yeah. And there is also this... Um, so there is two things, actually, because I do totally agree with what Steffi just said. First, what is transhumanism? What do you mean that you have only two choices between embracing transhumanism or acquiring the status of a human? No, I think it's all the same because in some way we're already in some transhumanism. So what is it transhumanism? It's like not being just a human. What is a human in the first place? Is the fact that we're using technologies, is it the fact that now we can go to see a doctor and it's going to change my lung? Isn't it already some kind of transhumanism? So I think this is, as she said, something which is which has already started in some way. So the idea is just to go beyond. And there is this idea of leapfrog and they use it in like talking about Africa with the economic leapfrogging uh, effect like it happened in Asia. Um, So the idea is that uh, instead of starting everything from the beginning, you can just uh, like base, take your basis on what was already advanced and proposed and so on and then go further. I think that at, and that's also something and we have definitely to talk about time in Afrofuturism. But first of all, African people, black people, and any other colored people in some way, they do not lack being humans. All what, all that really matters is for them to be who and whoever they are uh, outside these boxes, because there are still boxes. And the fact the very fact we are trying once again to make a difference between what would be the humans, what would be the transhumans, what would be uh, the non-humans, for me it's, it sounds like déjà vu and something which is not really that interesting because it never changed anything. And it's just, yeah, another way to put people and attitudes and actions within boxes. I think that the idea... Um, with Afrofuturism is to 
yeah, get out of these boxes and propose things, just proposing acting. I think that action doesn't uh, always necessarily needs to be uh, defined because if you define it, it means that you stop the action. So you're losing something. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier in this conversation, we were talking about uh, maybe uh, being able to define Afrofuturism, which uh, is always problematic exactly for the reason you just said, which is uh, whenever you define something, then maybe you, you create uh, some limits. But in the, in the conversation on the French radio, uh, you were actually talking with uh, Melissa Lavo, who's... Um, Uh, an artist and a, and a musician uh, who was also involved in, uh, in Afrofuturism and she, she had this definition uh, of Afrofuturism which I think does not really circumscribe uh, uh, anything so maybe that's a, that's a good one she, she said in the future we exist yeah. which is incredibly powerful and frankly po- poignant uh, in in Because obviously she was saying it in the context of uh, of the uh, of the Black Lives Movement and the Black Lives Matter movement and uh, and um, the the daily uh, the daily uh, murderous uh, uh, lives an uh, African American has to cope with uh, with their relationship with the with the police um, and she was talking a lot about uh, survival as well. I mean, I, I know that it was her words, not really yours, mm-hmm. but. W- Could you maybe uh, uh, react to this uh, this sort of uh, uh, vision of Afrofuturism as as in wow well, we made it we survive <laughs> in the future we exist what 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 does that mean in the co- current context? Um, um, I think um, Melissa was right when she said that quote as you as you pointed. Uh, yeah, it's really poignant, poignant. It's really, really crucial to say that, uh, yeah, yeah, black lives matter, in fact. You can't say that. Uh, you, you, you can't deny that fact. And um, those lives matter, and they will matter more and more. Um, I love to say that, uh, yes, I be... Uh, on Jupiter on that time but uh, in 2100 one human on earth on three humans will be living in Africa and that's huge that's a huge thing because um, nowadays people tend to ignore what black people have to say have Um, to want to want to say, want to to develop, uh, want to create. Um, black people don't have the same um, importance uh, importance in, in terms of visibility or um, or uh, credibility as uh, other communities. So when Melissa says in the future we exist, um, not only is that um, um, a way to, to believe in the future, it's also a promise. She's saying that 
things are going to change and they are going to change for the better in fact because uh, we are going to see and to witness a change in so many aspects of daily lives within throughout the world it's not only black people's lives that are that is going to change. Everyone is going to change. And um, now when I was uh, saying earlier that Afrofuturism isn't just about black people. Afrofuturism is about all people. It's about embracing uh, what you are and what you can create. So we are going to, yeah, we are going to, to witness um, many people from so many different cultures bringing their own thing to the table instead of having the same conversations and the same uh, way of thinking all over again. Now and um, for the years to come, it's going to be a surprise. It's going to be refreshing. It's going to be very interesting to live with other people, not in their otherness, because maybe we'll have so many different people that are not so different from, from you and me, but at least we will be able to hear them and to understand how they live and... Um, how they experience life and I really think that will be a major 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 change in our lives I'm sure of it just to think that um, it's it's now in 2016 no one never talks about it but in 2008 when Barack Obama was elected president of the United States it was huge because we were taught that only um, um, the only powerful people were rich people or white people or Eurocentric people. And it's not the case anymore. Now you have Mughals that come from uh, the Emirates, that come from Africa, that comes from India, Japan, China. Um, now you have all those um, communities that used to be so secret that comes to life uh, that comes to light sorry um, and in the same in the same time they, they come to life for so many people that were like oh my god I didn't know that they they do that do they do that a lot do they do that this way yeah they do that this way and they have been doing that for centuries now. But we always used to talk about the same things again and again and again. Right now, there's a change of paradigm. I think uh, it's high time for um, people who used to be in the shadow to take the light, to keep the mic and just talk i will stop talking <laughs> but i would love to hear other people talk their talk mm -hmm.
I don't have anything to add. <laughs> it was fabulous. <laughs> I loved it. It was a blast. Well, so so maybe to to have like a last question uh, precisely on on what you were describing in a sort of. Uh, No, no, not yet extraterrestrial, but sort of terrestrial, uh, terrestrial Afrofuturism. Um, uh, in a, in a, with with uh, what you were describing as a twenty one in twenty one hundred one Earthling, uh, and I, I, I take the word Earthling from from you in the previous conversation mm-hmm. you had, which I thought was a, a nice way to put it. One Earthling out of three uh, would uh, would live in Africa. Um, and uh, and uh, also in your conversation with uh, with uh, Mark Derry, you you were talking about um, uh, already uh, as a, as of now, like uh, African cities being uh, being developing at a, a very high speed, and um, and Mark Derry answered something relatively interesting and well a little bit somehow pater- patern- paternizing but but uh with, with still an interesting um an interesting question behind that which is um i mean maybe paraphrasing what what will be this this sort of of, of future is it is it just a sort of neoliberal development or, or a sort of uh uh, uh um, Development boosted by the Chinese investment, or 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 the sort of traditional scheme of development as we as we usually think of it, and and as in Europe it is thought in a very uh, condescending manner, mm. it's like catching up kind of yeah. thing. Uh, or is it going to be? Uh, is there going to be new ideas? Uh, uh, Emerging from from such uh, such development and, uh, and uh, an entire new definition of the word of the word development, I, I suppose is a is it's maybe a, a scale of time closer to ours in in Afrofuturism, but probably a very crucial one in the in uh, towards the African continent as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that um, first of all. Um, I'd say that there won't be only one model. I really think that there... It's not going to be, like, really quick. It's not, okay, we're going to be in 2100, and everything's great, and people are just, like, shaking hands, and no. Uh, But I really think that our economy, our liberal way of life, all of this is right now being put in really, really, really deep and bad challenges. And people are really, really starting to see that this cannot be the, the only way or the right help. So I really think that they're going to be a mixed kind of thing. It's not about going back to the future and saying, oh yeah, African people, they are so great because they're so close to the future and all that things. No, it's not either saying, okay, they really have to leapfrog and to raise up and become the new uh, United States or the new France or the new or the new blah, blah, blah. No, I think it's really just imagining uh, new ways of connecting things. And I would 
like to take two examples. Like there is the Brick, which is an initiative. It's the first um, hardware developed in Africa, uh, and the first in terms of uh, it's the econ first economy or in terms it's of the first uh, in terms of uh, both actually. Okay. It's okay. the first hardware which was developed, created, thought by, made. Everything by African people for African people, uh, according to African uh, weather conditions mm -hmm. and so on. And it's in Nairobi. Uh, and the brick is this hardware because you know, maybe you know that in Africa we have a lot of trouble with electricity and power cuts and the internet and so on. And these guys, they were working and they were really fed up of, of these things. But these are managed by bigger economy um, issues and challenges. So they couldn't influence these. So they just decided to invent something, a brick, which would allow them to, um, yeah, just to have power with or without, uh, even if there was a power cut. And it's really interesting because the first thing they made, and they used Uh, European technologies, fundraising, whatever, like l liberal, capitalistic, whatever tools in some way. But the first thing they made was, okay, so now we have this for us and our work. Now we have to keep on doing and improving these things. So they were, okay, we have schools around us. So we're going to give this to the children because then they will have access to the internet, which is like quite important today. Um, But at the same time, these uh, um, kids, they don't know how to use all these tools. So they had to invent things that could uh, support the dirt, that could support the fact that they are not uh, geeks. They don't live like and you know all these comics we do or whatever. So this is the perfect example of something which is both based and made up from our technologies, but which is also close enough to the real people that need these to invent something. They're, these kids, they're going to be the inventors of tomorrow. They're going to be the economists of tomorrow. So it's a real balance between what they are in themselves and what they can learn from the other world. And I think tomorrow it's going to be about this. And of course, Marder is warning us not to be too optimistic because there will be really um, hard times in adjusting all these things. But I cannot believe that we're not either going to be able to propose uh, more thoughtful uh, things. The other example was Willab, which is a Togolese thing, and he made a 3D printer out of rubbish, of electronic rubbish. I think it's really great because you're thinking, okay, 3D printer, what's the use in Africa? I mean, a lot of people now might be able to use uh, plastic rubbish, make these a new component and use them to fabric their own tools. This would be greener. This would be long lasting. And it's still African. And it's really on how you use all the tools you have and all the tools you propose to invent different things. So I honestly think that we cannot say it's a doomed future. 
you cannot say it. It's really, no, yeah, it's so sad. <laughs> and, and if you say that, sorry, if you say that, you say that it's a, doom, a doomed future, you can say it for everyone. If it's a doomed future, it's a doomed future for everyone because yeah. everything is changing all over the world. It can't be a doomed future only for, for Africans. It is for everyone. So if it is for everyone, no one wants to be to live yeah, in a doomed yeah. future. You, you can't you can't go anywhere if you think you're doomed. But if everyone is doomed, then everyone starts from the same place, and then you can go further, and you can um, you can um, try to um, evolve uh, and um, have some progress in your own life. Thinking about yourself and not thinking about everyone. Yeah. And I also think that because I gave you these two examples, but nowadays a lot of different tools we are now starting to use or to experiment here have been first developed in Africa. I mean, all these apps uh, for doctor issues because they don't have a lot of uh, infrastructures to be able to get up. Uh, the meds and so on so they have apps so you can just know if your child is okay or not I think these are really tech props like tech proposals but at the same time they help people empower themselves they help people communicate uh, easier within their own community which wouldn't uh, be part of the individualistic uh, model So what is this model? It's really something in between these two things. I think there is good in everything. The idea and what's about is just about mixing them, making them able to discuss, to encounter and exchange and then become better thanks to the others. And I really think that we have to be just, um, I don't know, Uh, take it step by step, but still try and yeah, keep being optimistic. I really think it's going to work. It is good. Well, that seems like a great way to to end this conversation. I I, I, I would just add that uh, um, maybe in parallel of this conversation, I, I uh, not only do I invite uh, everyone to go visit your site, uh, Black, Blacks to the Future, uh, that is. Uh, It ought to be noted uh, both in French and in English, so um, uh, it's uh, everyone uh, who can understand this conversation can uh, can also read uh, the works that you are including uh, on it, and uh, and in parallel of that, I uh, invite people to look at the the work of uh, Mokhtarat Yusuf uh, in the third issue of the Fenamudes magazine, uh, where she. Um, Uh, in the student project section, she exposed, uh, she introduced her work of uh, finding, um, uh, I think she, she called it herself, a black futurist uh, uh, STX. So um, I'm happy to have uh, this uh, element to uh, put in dialogue as well with this conversation. Uh, Marwina and Steffi, thank you so much for your time thank today. Thank you, Leopold. Thank you, And, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm very glad to, uh, that to be able to share this conversation with everyone in a, in a very soon manner. Thank you. Thanks, cool. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye. Thanks.